So chapter 7 and chapter 8 are connected in, in a single section. And again, we are talking about the syncretism of Israel. And the reason why Israel is receiving the judgment of God is because they have mixed themselves with the world. And it is the same for the, current, uh, for the contemporary churches. In this day and age, there are many reasons why the churches are dying. But first of all, they have lost the, Lord, the Lord's holiness. And the reason why they have lost their holiness is because they have held hands with the world. In the morning, I have talked about Galatians a little bit. There were two heretics that came to the Galatian church. That was uh, legalism. The second is uh, syncretism. When these two things come into the church, you can no longer call that thing a church. And that's why Paul was angry towards the church of Galatia. And he was angry towards those who have come in to spread those lies into the, uh, into the Lord's church. When you look at the original text that, uh, that Galatians was written in, you would realize how angry uh, Paul was while he was writing that letter. You know, Paul was a man of logic, and he was very well-spoken, but when you look at the, the, the grammar and, the, and the, the mood that he used to write Galatians, it's very emotional. Amen? So being mixed with the world, is, it is like for the church to eat poison. And no matter what era it is, only when the church is completely separated from... Louder? Okay. When the church is able to receive the things that God gives to them, they will naturally se be separated from, uh, from the world. And the reason why the church has lost its holiness is because they have no long, they no longer start to uh, they no longer receive these blessings from God. And right now the world, the secular churches are trying their best to create a good and welcoming church that is popular amongst the people. But naturally, when the church has the truth, it will be excluded by the world. They will, the world is going to point fingers at them. And so it is very natural for, for the church of God to be persecuted, for it to be mocked by the world. So even though you may, you may think that receiving the world and following the world is better for the church, in the eyes of the Lord, that is not correct. And the reason for that is because if you hold hands with the world, you lose sight of the Lord's holiness. I have said this constantly for the past 20 years in this ministry, to give your life for holiness. Some of you listen to that very seriously. But some of you still take lightly what I'm speaking of right now. And that's why your churches may die. There are not many reasons why a church may die. But the core of the, the, core of the reason that why they are dying is because they have lost their holiness. On the other hand, if the church remains in holiness, there's nothing in this world that can kill that church. 
and there are many pastors sitting amongst you. If a church, uh, if the standard for a good pastoral ministry was for the head pastor to work very hard and put a lot of effort into pastoring his church, then there would be no good pastors, no successful pastors in the world. But the head pastor needs to acknowledge that the church belongs to God. So you need to let the Lord come and reign over your church and let His glory come and be present within His, within His church. And that is the key to having a good uh, church. But why do we need pastors then? Now let's look at our body. The body is controlled by the brain, by the head. And so God will raise up people like me, for, for people like me to act like the head. Uh, like the brain of the church so that we would become a channel for the Lord to work through in the church and there's nothing else that the pastor needs to do and I can say this very confidently if somebody came to ask me how are you so good at pastoring the church I can answer him immediately saying I did nothing I can say that confidently Ask me, ask me. What did you do to create such a successful church? And I would say, I did nothing. I let God work through me. And you have to believe this. And when I say this, many people don't believe me. They say, Pastor, still, you didn't do nothing, huh? And if I did put an effort, put effort in something, that is, I worked out. I work out. I work out every day very hard, very intensely. And that is what I put much effort in. And the second thing that I might have, might have done is I have prayed. I have prayed. And the rest, I didn't have to do anything about it. I think most of the work that was done in this ministry, in my ministry, was done by my wife. All the issues and all the problems that may have arose in the church was, was, was resolved by her. And so I, didn't really, I truly did not do anything for this church. Do you believe me? You don't seem to trust me. Why didn't I do anything? It's because I couldn't do anything. How can I work at the level of the, uh, at, at the level of the Lord? How can I do God's work? It's because I cannot do anything that I, that I did nothing. And pastors, you need to learn about this. You need to learn how par- how pointless it is for you to to try to resolve these issues yourself. And the more you put in effort, the more you pour your energy into your ministry, the more your body is going to start to, to, to uh, be, 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 start to deteriorate. Your shoulders are going to stiffen up, your legs are going to cramp. 
So pastors really need to learn how to let go, how to let the Lord work through you. The pastors who are able to see the Lord's kingdom will learn, uh, realize how, to, will realize that they cannot do anything in the church. And so all they do is just pray and let the Lord come and reign over their churches. And this is the perspective of a pastor that, that is uh, in, in charge of the Lord's church. So maintaining holiness is very important. And this morning I talked about uh, the importance of this holiness. All the nobility and dignity that God has given us comes through this holiness. Because holiness is a name only given to God. Nobody else can use that, use that name for themselves. And through the act of sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we have been given this holiness by the Lord. And we have been made into the same nature as God. And you should have meditated upon this fact, meditated upon this message ever since you were saved. And every single moment that you meditate upon this fact, you need to be amazed and be in awe of this wonder and, and, and thank Jesus for his sacrifice. And because God has given us His holiness, He has given us this privilege, the right to look at Him face to face. There's no single angel that, that has been given this right. And spiritual people who have their spiritual eyes open will see angels. The, the light that radiates from angels are very strong. And when, when you look at archangels, if you look at them, if you look at their light uh, through your human eyes, it's going to burn your, your retinas. But how much more will, will this light be stronger uh, that shines from the face of the Lord? And during the millennial kingdom, when Jesus Christ himself is enthroned in Jerusalem, that world where Jesus is present will no longer need the sun because the light that radiates from Jesus is so strong and so powerful. But even right now, God has given us the privilege, the right to look at His face without dying. And this morning I talked about the seraphs, the angels that are flying around next to the throne of the Lord. And even them, even though they're so holy and so pure, they're unable to look upon the face of Jesus and they have to cover their faces and cover their feet before the Lord. And as you know, before the throne of grace, there's this river of fire and also there's a place, there's a, a place of assembly. And basically, this is the holy of holies that is in heaven. And these angels are only present there when they're invited by God. But in Hebrews 4, 14, it says we can enter into the Holy of Holies wherever, whenever we wish. And that's why God has made your spiritual function into the Holy of Holies. We have been made into uh, His, His, His sanctuary because the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the precious blood is coursing through our veins. So you should not live on whilst not knowing how tremendous of a being you are. 
is because you, you're ignorant to this fact that you com compromise yourself with the world. But if you believe that you are a temple, if you believe that you are a sanctuary, you will not put just anything in, inside of you. How dare you, uh, would you dare to put something filthy into the Lord's temple? Would you put in cigarettes? Would you put in alcohol? Would you put in these, these, these um, unholy videos? If you truly believe that you are a sanctuary of the Lord, you will not allow yourself to uh, indulge in sin. When 34 years ago, when, the, when I was first encountered with the Lord, that was what, what completely turned, that was what completely turned me upside down. When I realized that I am, a, I am a temple of the Lord, all the pores of my body opened up and all the alcohol and all the nicotine that I have, that I have put in my body start to seep out my pores. I have to thank the Lord that I did not piss my pants back then. Because all the pores of my body opened up. All the nicotine just seeped out of my pores. God has given us this amazing holiness. So when the, when the church loses this holiness, it is over for them. Because everything that God gives us is given to us on the basis of this holiness. And the Holy Spirit is within you. If you put in something else into yourself whilst the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit is in there, then it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, very painful. I've testified before about my marriage with my wife. After I received the Holy Spirit, I started my faith life in the church. And for a year, the Lord has unraveled the mysteries of all 66 books of the Bible. And as I am meditating upon, uh, meditating upon Apostle Paul, I realized how great of a person he was. So I went to church and said, I declared that I am not going to marry, that I'm going to be single for the rest of my life just like Paul. And I'm going to die for the kingdom of God. I proclaimed this in the church. But even before three days have passed from, from that pro uh, proclamation, some woman was leading um, worship in the church and I looked upon her and I saw an angel before me. And I told the church, even though I told the church that I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, I cannot forget this, this woman. And for, for the next couple of days, my, my mind and my heart was filled with her. And listen carefully here. That is not the important thing here. After two days of consideration, that woman started to uh, turn inside of me, cir circulate inside with me. But I realized the Holy Spirit was not pleased about this because it was collide. That woman within me was colliding with the Holy Spirit. And even though I proclaimed that I am going to be single in the church, it's kind of embarrassing to to to. Um, take that back but I couldn't I couldn't let that woman stay within me whilst it, it continues to come in conflict with the Holy Spirit and so I after two days I went to her and said marry me I proposed to her so that I can take her outside of my heart 
You have to listen carefully here. If the Holy Spirit is in you, another example may be if you're concerned with money, then you're also putting that money within yourself alongside of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be very uncomfortable and He's going to be <clears throat> displeased of that. And so you have to get that out immediately. And that's why after two days, just after proclaiming that I was going to be single, I said, I, 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 also, uh, I announced in the church that I'm going to marry this woman. Anyways, let's move on. Let's look at the syncretism of Israel. Anyways, the Lord hates being mixed. He, he says, do not sow the, the different seeds on the same soil. And when you're making your garments, do not weave different uh, fabrics together. God truly hates uh, us being mixed. And it's because He is a holy God. And when you live with this holiness, you will start to reject being mixed in your, in your lifestyle. You would um, stay away from things that are complicated. So what is the image of Israel being mixed? We're going to look. So chapter 7 and chapter 8, we're going we're gonna to look at how Israel was mixed and why they are to receive this judgment from God. Jerob, uh, chapter 7 and 8 were prophesied during the, the middle period of Jeroboam II's reign. Or actually, chapter 7 is near the end of the reign of, of, of King Jeroboam II. And before I have said, if you do not press on, if you do not put effort to knowing the Lord, then you will start to pull on and long for the world. And many saints have this thought. I'm just not living by faith. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily longing after the world. I'm not receiving the world. But this is a huge deception. If you're not living in faith, then you're not just staying in the middle, but rather you're siding with the world. There's no middle place. There's no middle ground. You cannot say, I'm just not ready to live by faith yet. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm living by the world. If you're not living by the Holy Spirit, it means you're living by your own strength. And if you're living by your own strength, you're living by the world. There's no middle ground. Our character itself, when, when God created us, He did not create us to be able to stand in the middle. So living by the old self means you're not living by the new self. When you're living by the new self, it means you're not living by the old self. You cannot live simultaneously in both selves. You, you, have, you have to be clear about this. this. This is the truth. Many people forget about this. 
and they deny the fact that they have been compromised. And they try to comfort themselves with this positive thinking. But this is, this is uh, a trickery of the enemy. If you're living by the world, then you're not living in God. If you're living in God, then you're not living in the world. You have to confirm of this surely within you. And if this differentiation is not clear, the issue that arises is you don't know what to repent of. So you, you're unable to repent. But people who are know the clear, clear difference between the old self and the new self, when they, they can repent easily because they know exactly when they have sinned against the Lord. Many people, because they don't, they don't know the difference between the new self and the old self, they don't know what is right and wrong, and so they don't, they're unable to repent. And when, when the sin that they have committed starts to stack up, it's going to explode one day. And that, explode, that explosion comes in different forms. Maybe you're going to be met with a huge, huge disaster. And when you're met with that disaster, you don't know why that disaster came to you, because you don't know what you've done wrong. Sometimes you're going you're to be faced with financial issues. Sometimes you're going to face relationship issues. Sometimes you're going to be met with health issues. And these things come to you because of your accumulated sins. But you're unaware of this. But people who are clear in this matter, they know immediately when to repent because they're sensitive. And I always say you have to live maintaining righteousness. Because righteousness is a state where you, you are able to meet the Lord. And so what is the characteristic of those who are righteous? It's for, for a period of time you find yourself constantly repentant. For example, you look at a woman and you're, you think that woman is very, very pretty. Then as soon as you think that, uh, about her beauty, the spirit of immorality comes into you. But people who are righteous will catch that immediately and repent about allowing themselves to be in, uh, to, to, to commit this immoral sin. And after that time, when you after that time of repentance, you will sin less, and so you don't have to constantly repent anymore. But in the beginning, you will constantly find yourself having to repent. So the words that you speak. And the, th the thoughts that come into your mind, you need to be sensitive, you need to become sensitive <coughs> to tell whether or not the Holy Spirit is pleased with your thoughts or if He is pleased with your words. And if the Holy Spirit is uh, displeased ab ab about what you have done, then you need to repent. And later on, as you live in the, more and more in this lifestyle, you would be able to catch yourself from speaking those words that may bring uh, sadness to the Holy Spirit. And you will keep yourself from committing these sins. So you shouldn't, should not live your days whilst not knowing why your flesh is being empowered. It's not by chance that you're unable to pray. It's because the power and the energy of your flesh is stronger than the energy and uh, and the strength of the of the spirit, and this is a, this is a principle. 
If the new self is stronger than the old self within me, it is impossible, impossible for you to not pray. Because there's only one reason why you cannot pray. It's because you have not, re- you have not received the Lord's righteousness and you are, you're, you are dwelling in unbelief. On the other hand, if you are in the state of righteousness, then you can pray immediately. Because the Holy Spirit is in, in control of you and the Holy Spirit will lead you to prayer. Right now, I'm maintaining the state of righteousness and the Holy Spirit is leading me right now. But if, there's, if something is confining you, then you need to get rid of that, that, that obstacle. Or you, sometimes you need to engage in spiritual warfare to do so. But anyway, you have to get rid of that ob- obstacle and go before the throne of grace in your prayers. Let's say, but the, the old self is stronger within you than the new self. Then even in this conference, when the presence of, of the Lord is so strong and He's coming towards you, you won't be able to sense Him that well. Because the strength of your starts, the strength of your flesh is too strong. Then you need to, 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 to get, uh, take away the strength from the old self through some sort of event uh, that may be a great encounter with the Lord or, or, uh, or receiving a great amount of grace during this, uh, a conference. So do not be deceived in this matter. The reason why you cannot pray is because the strength of your flesh is stronger than the, fle- uh, than the spirit. But if you have a right relationship, right relationship with the Lord, then the strength of your flesh will be very weak. And so you would immediately be able to go before the Lord to pray. You would enter the Holy of Holies immediately. So that's why it's so important for you to maintain in a state of righteousness throughout your days. Because the more you, you indulge in your flesh, the more powerful it's going to become. In the end, you're, not, you're living against the Holy Spirit. You're living according to your thoughts, according to your, your experience. And, and you're, you're strengthening the old self. And as you're living, you're constantly having to respond to something. You're responding to the things that you see, to the things you hear, to the things you, you speak of, the things that you're hearing, you're sensing. You're responding to all these factors. But if you're responding with your old self, then you're strengthening your old self. But rather, if you're not responding with yourself, but you're you're responding through the Holy Spirit, then you will be able to close off these, these, these factors and not be influenced by them and maintain a cleansed spirit, uh, a clean spirit. So right now, how you're responding to the message is very different from person to person. If you're, if you're trying to eat the word through your mind and not by your, your faith, then you're going to be influenced by the spirit of religion. But if you're responding by faith, then this message is going to come into you and there's going to be a reaction within you. Some of you are going to be, a, it's going to be a little painful 
when this the mes message turns within you. Some of you will be led to repentance. The reason why it may be painful and difficult is because when this light is shining into you, the darkness within you has to scatter and, it has to, and it's going to be stirred up. So you cannot live your lives being nonchalant about everything. You're constantly having to respond to something, having to react to something. And it's up to you to choose to respond or react with your spirit or with, with your flesh. And emotions like anger, these, these are not made, made to be within us when God first created us. This anger has been put into you through your environment, through, 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 through living in the world. And depression is also the same. All these negative emotions have, are, are, are present within you because you have reacted with your flesh. Spiritual wounds are the same as well. Spiritual wounds were, do not come into you because of other people, but it's because you have chosen to receive those actions as a wound that, you, that, that it has scarred you. Man, people are constantly reacting, and even ignorance is the same. Ignorance is a spiritual binding that may have come from uh, a spiritual wound that, that, that relates to your parents. Maybe, if, maybe your parents uh, rebuked you every time you did something. Then the child will, later on will, will be sick of that nagging and they will shut off their ears and stop to listen. And that's why their thinking, their mind will become bound. And in the end, he will, the person will become ignorant to everything because they're no longer willing to listen and to learn. But people who are filled with the Lord's Spirit, they're wise, they're very intelligent. So even so, ignorance can be healed when when the person <clears throat> starts to live with the Holy Spirit. I used to have an IQ of, of 89, but nobody right now is is able to say that uh, is able to call me foolish or ignorant. It's because God has given me wisdom. So to, you have to you have to. Be able to look at yourself and see what is wrong about you right now. And once you realize the problem, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to come into you and resolve this problem. None of us are hopeless to the point that there's no, there's, there's no way for us to be healed. God can heal everybody. God can restore us all. There's nothing that can, that can, that can stump Him. Let's move on. I don't know why I'm speaking of these things. We have not even gone into the main text today. Maybe it is a revelation of the Lord for me to uh, visit Malaysia once again next year. I've got to finish this book quickly. So, if, if Israel does not put in effort to know God, to acknowledge the Lord, then it is very natural for them to be affected by the world. And seasonally-wise, um, Israel is going through a time of prosperity. But when, 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 when a person is, is corrupted and their, 
blessed with this prosperity is only, only going to become more poison to them because they're going to become wicked from, this, from these riches. And in that state, when everything becomes abundant, people will think, oh, if I put in effort, I can achieve everything. And your own strength will become more powerful. And you will no longer rely on the Lord because you, you, feel like, you feel like you don't need Him anymore. And that is a very serious state. Before, when you were going through difficulties and, and tribulations, you would naturally ask God for help. But right now, because you're living a comfortable life, you no longer ask for the Lord's help. You no longer rely on Him. And when you're in that spiritual state, your life will become tragic in the end. And so it is a very dangerous uh, thing, uh, state to maintain. People who live by the Holy Spirit cannot, they are not affected by their surroundings. But when, when you lose sight of the Lord, you start to live a life of religion. And when you're living a life of religion, you're constantly being affected by your surroundings, by these other factors. Pe some people despair when they lose money. They feel powerless when they don't have money. And that means you're under the control by, uh, you're under the control of your surroundings. And you don't have the strength to escape that state. Faith allows you to break through every situation. Faith allows a person to not be affected by these other factors and not be oppressed by them either. And so when you have to decide something, you no longer look towards your surroundings and, and decide according to your surroundings or, the, or these other factors. For example, For example, when you're choosing between jobs, let's say one company gives you a certain amount of money and the other company gives you more. And, and if you're living by the flesh, then you would naturally choose the company that, that pays more. But people who live according to the Lord's will do, does not do that. If, the, if, if, if God wants you to go to the company that pays you less, then you have to go to that company. Because people who live with the Lord, these decisions are very clear. They do not listen to these other factors. They do not think about the emotions of other people when they have to decide something. This is the clear. Uh, this is the image of those who live with the Lord. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of you guys are still being tied to your conditions. And many of you are still tied to people, tied to your relationship. Pastors especially, you cannot be tied to your children. What, what is God saying right now? He's going to ask you, are they your kids? In my life, I have never taken something as my own possession. I give it all to the Lord. I cast it to the Lord. My children, they belong to God. My church members, they also belong to God. 
All I have to do is pray for them. They are, my, they are not my people, they are God's people. Actually, I actually prayed, uh, I prayed to God saying, Lord, I never wanted these people. Why did you send these people to me? Because they do not belong to me. It is why I can pray like this. I am just a servant of God. And a servant is, ha- is the happiest when, when he uh, just does the job that was given to them by the master. And I'm very free and I'm very happy because I don't have to take responsibility for everything, for anything. I'm very used to this life of service, servitude. I am a servant. What, what foolish servant would, would, would work very hard to earn a little more? No, the servant has to, to slack off when the master is not looking. Or maybe take a little, little nap when the master is not looking. It's because I'm a servant of God. And so whatever I do, and all the people that I'm, I'm influencing belong to the Lord. What am I saying here? It's that do, do not try to possess anything. Do not try to 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 to, to take up take anything uh, for your own as your own burden. Likewise, no matter how, how much you cry out uh, for, for me to hold these conferences in Malaysia, if God does not will it, I won't be able to come. Because I'm a servant, I have to follow the instructions of the Lord. In the Bible, this, but the Bible calls this stewardship. And stewardship means to live according to the will of the Master. If not, you'll be. If you're not living this lifestyle of, of the servant of, of, of a servant, then you'll be affected by money, by people, by uh, these outside factors. And humanism is very dangerous because humanism causes you to lose faith. So, pastor, should be. Do you have to be careful about humanism? Do not think that your children belong to you. Do not think that your church members belong to you. Acknowledge that they are God's children. Acknowledge that they are God's people. And this is really the basics of, spirit, of, of our faith. In Deuteronomy 32, it talks about the, the Levites, the Levites. And Levites are appointed by God's people. They are the, the servants of the Lord. And so, if God commands them to 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 kill somebody else, even if that is a that, even if that that person is their family, they will have to kill them because their relationship with the Lord goes beyond their blood. So, do not be tied to your blood bloodline. You need to be able to transcend your families. 
because God has called you to be a servant. When He calls you, you're His servant. People who have not gone through this, 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 these stages cannot be called a servant of God. You have to go beyond money. You have to transcend your bloodline, your families. You need to be able to go beyond the relationships in the world. If you're not able to go over these, these elements, then God, cannot, God will not call you His servant. And these issues I have resolved with the Lord 34 years ago because it is the basics. And after I met the Lord, for a year I was very poor. But after that year, never once did I, did I lack in, 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 in money. Never once was I concerned about doing something because I did not have money. Because I have transcended that problem, that issue. And it is the same with, uh, with people, with relationship. I've never held on to a person saying, Lord, this person cannot leave me. I need this person for this ministry. I never allowed these things to become an obstacle between me and the Lord. Never once was I concerned about nurturing my kids. <clears throat> uh, nurturing my kids when it came to ministry because I would choose doing the Lord's work because I knew for a fact that God is going to raise my children for me. God takes responsibility. God is accountable for, for everything. And when you devote yourself to the Lord in this way, your family is going to live and your church is also going to live as well. So Israel now has stopped acknowledging the Lord and they have desired for the world. And they have been influenced by the spirit of religion. And the church slowly becomes like Babylon. They chase after power. And people think that revival is in the form of numbers. Uh, if you gather a lot of people, that is what revival is. That is not the case though. The Lord's church the standard for the Lord's church is not in numbers. My church was started uh, with only seven people. And the Lord's kingdom is not built upon numbers as well. The amount of money that we have used in the mission field in this ministry is, is over 70 billion. But right now we don't even have uh, our own church building. But we spent more than 70 billion. And even this year, we spent a lot of money in these overseas conferences. And this should be impossible uh, for, for a church of our scale to, to manage. But why was it possible? It was because God was moving in us. So do not move according to the standards of Babylon, chasing after power, chasing after money. The, Lord, you, the more you live in the, in the Lord, the more you would look down upon the world. If you, if you are amazed by the world, oh, look at how wonderful it is, look at how luxurious it is, then, then that is very uh, dangerous. You need to realize that the world is nothing, that it is all vanity. So since Israel is corrupted, 
God cannot help but judge Israel. So now God is changing uh, the political scene of, of, the, of the Middle East. Assyria was going through some internal conflicts, but now they have resolved those conflicts and they're ready to, to attack Israel. So Israel's hardships are beginning here. And of course, Israel needs to, to seek the Lord in, these, in this situation. But, but you have to know you have to know that the world is, does not affect Israel but God reigns over the world through Israel and so the world is affected by Israel but that is not true right now because time has passed but for the past 2,000 years that's how God has been working upon his world God was working and reign, ruling the world through his churches and of course the world is unaware of this. They think that, that they're living well off because of their own abilities, of their own talents and excellence, but that's not the case. The world is able to turn and live because of Israel and because of the church. And this is the principle and the spiritual order that God has set for, the, for our world. God would not allow the other surrounding nations of Israel to fully take over uh, and overpower Israel. Sometimes they will become more politically, uh, more, more powerful and rich, but they will not dare touch Israel until the Lord allows it. But in order to strike and judge Israel, he, God is empowering the surrounding nations right now. In order to judge Israel, So in that situation, uh, Hosea has tried to prophesy the, the things of chapter 7 and chapter 8. First, let's look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 7. It's going to show the sins of Israel. Verse 1. As we, like I said before, uh, verse 11 of chapter 6 is connected with verse 1 of chapter 7. So whenever I will restore the fortunes of my people, is go so this 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 uh, section is connected together. So Judah is when Judah is going to come back from captivity. God is saying He's going to restore uh, the fortunes of of uh, their fortunes. So God wants us to take, to, to let Israel come back from captivity and He also wants to restore them. Because God is the God of goodness. And with His good heart, He cannot let His people stay in this broken state. This is His instinct, His instinct of goodness. Let's say you are receiving a spiritual wound right now, an emotional wound right now. God will not keep you in that state of, of, of brokenness. He's going to do His best to come and restore you. This is what God said. The Pharisees asked Jesus, why are you working on, on the Sabbath? 
because the Pharisees and the Jews do not work on the Sabbath. But what did our Lord say? He said, because God is working, I am working. Why is God working on the Sabbath? It's because their goodness has been broken. Israel is in a state of pain and agony. They're bound. And so that's why God has to work on the Sabbath to restore them. That is the goodness, good, that is the good motive of the Lord. When you're in the state of, of pain, when you're in a state of brokenness, rather than, rather than having desire to be healed yourself, God is even more um, heartbroken about what, what, what you're going through at that moment. So when your child is sick, you will not tell this child, go get well by yourself. The mother is actually, the parent is in more pain looking at their child who is, in, who is sick. How much more will a, will a Heavenly Father, who is the God of goodness, do you think He's gonna let us, He's gonna neglect us when we are in this state of brokenness? So the, in the, uh, you need to be able to believe in this in the first place. It is important for you to believe in the goodness of God. And there are many perspectives to this. Let's say, for example, you're struggling uh, uh, with money. Many people, when they are in this situation, they would think, Lord, the Lord does not understand me. The Lord does not understand my pain. That's not the case. The Lord knows you better than you know yourself. If you doubt the goodness of the Lord, then that is what the enemy has planted within you. So where is, where is our answer then? The answer is acknowledging that God knows everything. And God wants to resolve this issue for you. That's the first step to getting your issue resolved. For example, I don't have money right now. And God knows that I don't have money. And I acknowledge that He knows about my struggles. Then do you think He's going to neglect me in this state? I'm gonna. He's gonna start to let show me why I why I'm struggling with money right now. Maybe there's greed present within within me, and he he wants to resolve this issue of greediness within me. And once that that issue is resolved, he's gonna he's gonna fill you up with with uh, his prosperity and his riches because it no longer affects you. Many people think that God is not God is unaware of their struggles and their difficulties and their hardships. So they cannot they do not let the Lord come and can come and help them out. All over the world when I met with issues and problems, I first acknowledged that God knows about these issues. Israel in the state of uh, of a war right now. Why is Israel going through this war? God knows of this war. And that, that, is, that is where the answer comes for this problem. <clears throat> if, you say, if you think that God does not know of your struggles, then, then your issue will not, will not be resolved. God knows us very well. He knows the number of hair that falls from your head every day. That's how much He is, he is uh, interested in you. 
And, and right now, in, in my age, more hair is falling from my head. And so I'm sure God is even more interested in me than before. That's how much He knows you. In Psalms 139, it says, God knows when I'm sitting and God knows wherever I am. Even if I'm at the end of the edge of the world, He knows where I am. Then, how, then is it possible for Him to not know of your problems? So the first step into resolving your issues is to acknowledge that God knows of your issues and God, that God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything. He knows everything. And God is pleased with those who have this faith. And spiritually speaking, when you don't acknowledge this, you would continue to hold on to your scars, your wounds, and your spiritual bindings, and you're, you're constantly tormented by it. Some people... Let's say a person is struggling with money, and that person has a great issue, that, which, which is the reason why they're struggling with money. Maybe it is a, uh, an emotional wound, or maybe it is a great spiritual binding. But they're in a state where they're, uh, they're not allowing the Lord to come and touch them. It's because they have not taken the first step correctly. They don't believe and they do not acknowledge that God knows them. They do not acknowledge that God knows you and knows your problems, knows your issues. They, they do not allow themselves to be exposed to the Lord's goodness. When you expose yourself to the Lord, He will come and heal your scars and wounds. But you close off your heart, you close off yourself from the Lord saying, Lord, you don't understand me. You don't know about my, about my struggles. Spiritually speaking, this is very foolish. It is, it is very foolish for you to struggle with money because God is not such a, a careless God. He does not treat us uh, so, uh, so, so... Uh, Demeaningly, God is very soft, He's very gentle, and He's also very precise. God will not neglect, neglect us when we're in the state of brokenness. It's because you have not resolved these spiritual things that you still struggle with these, uh, with, with, with these issues. So first of all, you need to acknowledge that God knows you, that He knows your struggles and your problems. And you need to open up yourself for the Lord to come and help you. In this whole world right now, You need to be able to pray and, and, and receive the mysteries, receive the solution for, for what, what is happening within your world and what is, what is happening in the whole world as well. And all the issues that you're facing right now, you need to be able to resolve those things through your prayer as well. And you need to receive His answer uh, quickly as well. A You're one these issues should not go beyond three years. Two, 
to those who do not know if they will be fed the next day, God, God's message says, do not worry about what you eat, what you wear, and what you do. It's because God is going to take care of them. They don't have to, 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 to worry about, be concerned about their, these necessities. So do not neglect these issues that are present within you that is uh, obstructing you from being able to go before the Lord. Because if, if these uh, obstacles are still within you, then you're unable to pray to the Lord. Do not try to, to, to live with the Lord in this careless way. God is very gentle and soft and very precise when, he comes, when it comes to dealing, uh, dealing with us, with His children. And that's why we call Him the God of love. Let's move on. So God wants to heal Israel and also restore Israel. And that is the never-changing uh, uh, never heart of the Lord. It's important for you to acknowledge this, the, the heart of the Lord as well. When you don't acknowledge the Lord's heart, what happens to you is you, you, you receive spiritual scars regarding the Lord. Spiritual hurts regarding the Lord. All the darkness and wickedness within you, You need to believe that God wants to come and that he's, he, he is going to come and heal you and restore you of these hurts and these wounds. But if you are like me who is in charge of this great ministry, then God will give, you, give me uh, um, one hardship or one thorn. And that is for me to deal with so that I would continue to rely on the Lord. And I do not even pray about this thorn anymore. Because to all the servants that are in charge of the, their generation, God would give them a thorn. For many of you, the, the, the pain and suffering that you are experiencing right now is not a thorn that God has given you. Most of your issues should be, are, uh, are, are, are resolvable in the Lord. And it is resolvable through your prayers. So first of all, you need to acknowledge that God knows you. And you need to offer up your, your, your wounds and your scars and your hurts to the Lord. This is very spiritual. If you cannot do this, then you close yourself up and you shut your heart so that God cannot come and touch you. You will not show the Lord your, your wounds and scars and your, and your hurts because you feel embarrassed. You feel ashamed about it. But if you know that God knows you, you can receive the Lord's righteousness, then you're willing to fully expose yourself to God and you don't, you don't feel embarrassed anymore. You will say proudly, Lord, this is my shame, this is my embarrassment, this is my sin and my, my hurts. Would you come and help me? Would you come and restore me? But if you keep it hidden, you will become timid. You will feel oppressed. You will feel confined and you will become very small in scale. It's because you don't, you're, you're not willing to share these things with the Lord. We will reach true happiness when we're able to live with the Lord as He has intended us for us, for us to live 
in the beginning. In order to live that kind of life, you need to resolve all the, all the, all the issues within you. Let's move on. So God wants to, to heal Israel and also heal Judah. But what happens to Ephraim? It says, the sins of Ephraim are exposed and the crimes of Samaria are revealed. Ephraim, Ephraim refers to northern Israel. Samaria talks about the, the, the headquarters of the, of, the, um, of the priests. But rather than allowing the Lord to come and heal them, they, would, they continue to expose their sins. And rather than turning back from their ways of evil, they continue to indulge themselves in these evil deeds. They do not, they're not going before the Lord by faith, but they continue to serve and, and, and bow down to these idols. Theologically speaking, this is, this is, uh, this is the, the old self being activated because you don't acknowledge the Lord's goodness. You don't, you're not acknowledging that God knows you. And so the more pain you're experiencing, the more you try to resolve this pain uh, by, 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 through the world. And so you become more and more bound. So when we're faced with an issue, the first thing you have to acknowledge is that this is a spiritual issue. Do not think that this is, this is a, a, a physical issue. Whether it be money or health issues or maybe a, a, an issue with the relationships. All the things that are happening to the children of God are a spiritual issue. This is the, the secret to, to looking at the, to, to be able to see the goodness of God. Let's say a person is, is constantly being tormented by, tormented by their relationships. Do you think if you put a good person next to them, then that person will be happy? No, a person that is affected by the spirit of immorality will, will, will always experience difficulties in their relationships. If you give somebody who is experiencing uh, poverty money, do you think that person will be happy? No, unless their, their greediness is taken care of, that issue with money will never go away. When you're met with these issues, you need to deal with the things that are unseen, the spiritual things first. So in every area of, of your life begins in the spiritual realm. It is also written in Proverbs. And so when your heart is sick, who is able to heal that? It means Which means if your heart is healthy, if your spirit is healthy, you will be able to overcome every issue and any problem. So you need to acknowledge that God knows you. But because Israel is not aware of this and they do not acknowledge the Lord, they continue to seek out the help of idols and other gods like Baal. They practice deceit. The seed is a is the evidence of of a, uh, of of of, uh, of one's own strength, of living by one's own strength. Thieves break into houses. 
So thieves, thieves uh, commit crimes in secret. And so these are the sins that are committed, committed in secrecy, but bandits rob in the streets, which are, the streets are exposed. So these are the crimes and sins that are committed uh, out in the open. So when your spirituality falls into religion, this is what happens. Let's move on to verse 2. But they do not realize that I remember all their evil deeds. So, if God does not deal with that sin for you, if He does not resolve that issue for you, then you would commit that sin for eternity. A lot of people forget their sins that they have committed in the past, but God never forgets their sins. He, he calculates everything. It is recorded in the book of life. And it's also recorded in your mind. It's recorded in your conscience, which is the function of the spirit. If you do not deal with these things and cleanse it with the, with the precious blood, then when you are resurrected, then the, the record of your sin is also resurrected with you. And in those people, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, they will have to stand before the throne of Jesus and be judged. So this is how important repentance is. If you do not resolve this sin, then it will last forever. It will last for eternity. It is recorded in the book of life in heaven. And it, also, it is also recorded in your conscience. So when you're resurrected with Jesus, it is all resurrected within you. But to be clothed in the resurrected body, it's, it doesn't mean you're, you become a new being, but rather you're, you're, being, you're receiving a new body. So that body ma maintains the same amount of holiness and glory that your previous body has. So every day you need to repent deeply and wash and uh, you need to erase the record of sin in the book of life as well through the, uh, through the blood of Jesus. And the reason why some people, that's the reason why people repeatedly commit the same sin is because their flesh has been accustomed to that sin. Their, their flesh has, is strengthened. And the enemy is using the sin that's rec recorded in your conscience to tempt you to commit that sin uh, again and again. But people who have this record of sin erased, they do not commit the same sin over and over again. They do not, they do not allow themselves to go and commit this sin. They will stop in their steps. People who are strong in the new self are able to stop themselves. A living human is constantly being affected and, and reacting to the smallest of things because the, 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 the human spirit is very sensitive. So all the things that you hear, you see, and you feel can become beneficial for you, but it can also become a ne have a negative effect on you as well. 
So that's why we have to live relying on the Holy Spirit, because through the Holy Spirit, all the things that we receive is beneficial to us. Because the Holy Spirit becomes a filter for us. Amen? And as you continue to live in this cycle, then your spirituality will be, become very mature and very strong. But even before doing this, if you, if, you only, if, you, if you ask for power from the Lord, then that is going to come of nothing. So without the precious blood, uh, God remembers all of their sins. On the other hand, if you activate the blood of Jesus, God will never remember our sins. He never remembers our sin once we have repented. So that's why we have to repent, right? We need to erase all the record of sin. That is the power of the blood of Jesus. In 1 John, he says when you confess your sins, you will be cleansed and you will become uh, pure. So that's why we must repent. So repentance is such a blessing that God has given us. And God's expectation for us uh, is written in 1 John chapter 3 is for us to not sin anymore. But that is the, 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 the ultimate destination that we are going towards. But in the state of... But when we are still fragile, we're still able to commit a sin. But committing, committing sins itself does not bring the anger of God towards us. But God is angry towards us when we are unwilling to, to repent of our sins. Because God has already given us all the functions necessary for us to be cleansed, for us to be freed of our sins. So why don't you repent? It's because you don't repent that your flesh continues to live. You need to, you need to strengthen your spirit through repentance. Their sins engulf them, they are always before me. And when you neglect your sins and continue to let them affect you, it is like being surrounded by your enemy. Their sin <coughs> is built up like a fortress. And they're surrounded by the enemies. And they are a subject to the Lord's uh, anger now. In Ephesians, it says, when you continue to receive the world, you will become dull, you will become ignorant to the spiritual things. And you will, you will be separated from the life of the Lord. And when you neglect your slins and when you don't repent, this is what will happen to you. You will become dull and you will become ignorant and you will fall away from grace. So do not allow yourself to become hardened, to become dull. Because once you, be, once you reach that state, it is very, it, it may be said that it's too late for you. And it is very difficult for you to repent in that state. Maybe you have to fast for 40 days. But the issue is, there is a probability that you might die fasting. 
So let's not let's not reach that state. Let's repent. Let's continue to verse three to seven. Now it is prophesying that kudeta that will happen in near the end of the 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 the, the, the near the end of the northern Israel. So uh, a monarchy is not something that God is pleased with. So no matter what government is. No matter what the government is in these countries around the world, rather than saying that there's an issue with the government itself, the issue lies in the people that are running the government. In Samuel 7, it says, God has given us His constitution. And what is this constitution? It's also written in Psalms. God's ultimate goal is to is for a king that comes from the family land of David to be enthroned as the king of the world. And that's why he's telling us to await that day, to prepare for that day. And that is the millennial kingdom. That kingdom is the millennial kingdom. When Jesus comes to rule us on this earth, that is the, the, that's the, that is the only way we can reach happiness. And before that, no matter what, as long as people are running the governments, we will not experience this happiness. How can Israel? Uh, how can Israel be happy? Is when Israel, uh, when, when God is their king, and when Israel acknowledges that God is their king, that's when Israel will become a, a, a kingdom of happiness. And this king has to come from the family line of David. Because only David acknowledged God as the true king of Israel. But the current government and, and the, all the other kings that, that ruled Israel ruled it out of their own passion, ruled it out of their own desire for control, for possessions, and for fame. And during this period, after the Jeroboam II, there were many other kings that, that it was enthroned, but they were all assassinated. And there was a lot of change in, in the kings. They killed each other off. Only after a couple of days uh, after the coronation, a, ki a king would be assassinated, and so they would have to get a new one. So many coups were made. And the corruption of Israel came from, came from their desire of the world. They always longed for this fertility right. And that's why they were raised up these greedy uh, kings that led them further into evil. And because they wanted to become more powerful, they would rely on, on foreign uh, nations. So let's move swiftly and quickly through these verses. Verse 3, they delight the king with their wickedness. Mm. 
그걸로 이제 그 왕들을 이제 죽이기 위해서 이렇게 So the, the kings were filled with a desire of control, a desire of authority. So that's why their, their, their officials around them would also try to feed them wine and, and say things that, that would flatter them so that they can assassinate them. The princes with their lies. So the, the desire of of control is directly connected with the desire of pleasure. So that's why they turn to idolatry. This is all things that we have talked about in Habakkuk. The desire of control is connected with the desire of pleasure. And comparatively, to, compared to the women, the, the men are more susceptible to these desires, a desire of control and a desire of pleasure because a lot of men want control but you need to know that that, 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 that desire of control comes with the desire of pleasure that's why you can you indulge yourselves in, 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 in the secular things in, in, in sports and also um, screens screens you're addicted to media And the more you indulge yourselves in these things, the more powerful these desires will become. And the desire of authority makes a person ignorant. And also a person that is attacked, that is filled with this desire, is, are, are easily angered. So every day we need to put to death these desires before the Lord. People who have the, the joy of the Lord no longer turn to the pleasures of the world because they're happy and they're satisfied with the Lord. They are, burn, they are all adulterers burning like an oven whose fire the baker need not stir. So they're making, they're needing the dough to make, make, uh, make, um, make cakes for the idols that they are serving. So in order to, to, to cook these, this dough, they would, they would fire up the oven. They would fire up and, and preheat the oven. But when they're putting in the dough, dough, they would turn off the fire. So what is the prophecy of verse 4? So people are angry towards their king, and so they were, they're planning to ass assassinate them. But their desire to assassinate that king is also killing themselves. Because you are reaping what you sow. Verse 5, on the day of the festival of our king, the princes become inflamed with wine. So people who are, are, indulging, who are indulging in their pleasures will, will become sick chasing after, after these pleasures. And he joins hands with the mockers. So even though within themselves they, they want to kill each other, they still... They shake each other's hands on the, uh, uh, on the outside, but they're filled with mockery, they're filled with uh, 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 hatred for one another. Verse 6, their hearts are like an oven, they approach them with intrigue. So even though within themselves they're, they're planning on how to kill, kill each other off, 
on the outside, they, they seem fine uh, with one another. Their passion smolders all night. In the morning, it blazes like a flaming fire. Like I said before, in order to cook the dough, they would fire up the oven first and then turn off the heat and then put in the dough. Verse 7, and like, like this flaming fire, they would, they would quickly cease. All of them are hot as an oven. They, are, they devour their rulers. So they created these coup d'etats in order to overthrow the king, their kings. They would make their, all their kings, their kings fall and none of them calls on me. So what is the important thing here? So even though the, the, the country itself is in the, in, the, in the midst of chaos, no, no person in Israel is praying. Nobody is crying out to the Lord for help. It is the same for us. We as Christians, we have to pray for our nations. Right now, there are so many injustices going on in Malaysia. All these politicians, corrupt politicians and corrupt kings, you need to pray for them. You need to pray that they will stop bribing one another and receive this, this black money. There are so many things that God is not pleased of. You need to pray with a heart, with a, with a, with a broken heart. The duty that has been given to the church is to be responsible for that generation. And so that's why you need to pray and have an influence upon your countries. So even we in Korea, we are praying for Malaysia. So you guys have to pray for your own countries as well. You have to pray that God will come and rule over this land of Malaysia. And you need to engage in spiritual warfare to be victorious against these, uh, the, our enemies. This is why, it is so why this conference is so important. So even though Israel was plummeting into evil and, and, and wickedness, none of them were praying to, to save their nation. So when I step my foot upon a nation, I can tell whether or not the remnant of that country is, is, is engaging in spiritual warfare for that, for that nation. So you have, to, you have to pray for this nation so that this nation will not receive the wrath of God. It is the same for China. This applies to all of our nations. You cannot let the nation mock the church of the Lord. They cannot, you cannot let them mock the name of our Lord. It's been so long since I have engaged in this kind of spiritual warfare. You have to fight against the, the system of your nation. In, in your politics, in your, in your society, and also in your economics, you need to pray that the holy influence of the Lord will come into your nation so that your nations will not receive the wrath of God. When the righteous pray for their nation, the nation will change according to their prayers. So let's move on. Uh, move on to 8, verse 8 to 12. We have a lot of things to talk about here. And you have to acknowledge that you have the desire of control and the desire of pleasure. You, have, you cannot be influenced by the desire of pleasure. The five desires of, of mankind, desire of possession, 
desire of security, desire of achievements, desire of control and pleasure, and desire of idolatry. These five desires are the fundamental sins within, sinful desires within uh, humans. And it is, uh, it is a channel that, this, that your flesh is using to pull on uh, the temptations of sin. So you need to repent and repent so that you would, you would keep yourself from committing these sins. All the sins that you commit, all the wickedness that you commit come from these five sinful desires. These sinful desires were made, were, were, were formed uh, when Cain uh, created, created, the, uh, created, created his own world. So these sinful desires were not made to be within us in the beginning. So people who are living according to the Lord will not be affected by these desires. Desire of possession, desire of security, desire of, uh, of pleasure and, and control, desire of achievements, and desire of idolatry. If you try to serve the Lord according to this desire, uh, these desires, then you would you would serve the Lord as if you were serving Baal. This is the power of your of, of your sinful desires. You can make God into ball. So this, look at this watch. This, this watch and these smartphones do not have a spirit. They are not a person. But people's desire can personify these inanimate objects. Because your cell phone is constantly next to you. You put interest into your cell phones. You put, you put meaning into this cell phone. You put, you put your desires into this, 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 this phone. And that's why you, would, you, you start to personify it. You make it into your idol. Money itself has no power. It is an inanimate, inanimate object. But when you pour your love into that money, when you long after that money, when you lust after that money, then that money will, then, then you will put a spirit into that money and it becomes your idol. This is the power of your sinful desires. You can personify something that, that is not animate. Do you think dogs have a soul? Do you think dogs have a spirit? Do you not know whether or not a dog has a spirit? No, they are not a person. They are not people and so they do not have a spirit. So do not love dogs. But when you love that dog and when you treat him as a member of your family, you sleep with that dog. You bring them to hairdressers to get a to get a um, to to get a great cut. Then you will bestow a spirit into that that dog. The spirit of immorality will come into that dog, and that dog becomes your idol. And this is something that is very dangerous and fearful. You have to love God and love humans only. I'm not telling you to, to, uh, be violent against the dogs, but do not love dogs like you love each other. Right now in Korea, uh, they're building restaurants just for catering, just for, for dogs and for pets. There are even um, daycare centers for dogs. 
And there's even a hotel that was made for dogs. It's a mess. Does Malaysia have them? Do you have them? You have them also, huh? Ah, uh, you guys are a mess also then. When I look at the dogs that are that are um, the pets of people, 99% of them have the spirit of immorality within them. And so most of the dogs run away from me. Let's move on. So humans have a lot of power because we are made in the image of God. You, are, you have the power to personify things. We're looking at the section of eight, verse 8 through 12. Let's, we're going to look at Israel who is relying on the power of Babylon. So up until verse 7, we have been looking at the internal conflicts, internal issues of Israel. But now, starting from verse 8, we're looking at the political, the diplomatic issues that Israel is going through. Since they're rotten on the inside, they're going to be rotten on the outside as well. It cannot be separated. So the important thing is for you to resolve the issue within. Do not think that your external issues are first. You need to resolve the issues within you first. It is the same for the church. If the church is able to maintain its holiness within, then they will not be, they would, they would not be influenced by the external attacks. That you can easily defend yourself from using spiritual, uh, engaging in spiritual warfare. But look at your lives. Are you constantly blaming others? You have to ask yourself, why does that person become an issue for you? What is causing you to, 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 to come in conflict with that person? So the key to, to not allowing that person to become a thorn to you lies in you and not in that person. People who are re reconciled with the Lord are also reconciled with others. When you're at peace with God, you're at peace with others. And you will take pity on those who, to, who wish... Uh, who wish uh, who wish harm upon you. That's why in the Bible it says you have to love your enemies. And why do you have to love your enemies? It's because your enemies belong in your household. Your enemies are close by. Your enemies are your husbands. Your, en your enemies are your wives. So you have to love your enemies. When, when, a, when a stranger curses at you, you may feel offended, but that does not become a huge issue for you. But when somebody that you love curses at you, oh, that's a huge issue. You must be feeling nice that you're separated from your husband right now. He's in Korea. But anyways, verse 8. Ephraim mixes with the nations. So Israel is mixed with the world. They're mixed. And also we can look at holiness in, in a lot of perspectives. And God has bestowed His holiness upon the church and also uh, upon Israel. 
But the closest definition of holiness that we can come up with is being separated. Are you listening to this sermon well? This morning you were responding with enthusiasm. Uh, uh, this evening service is a little different. No, I'm starting to liven up by this point. I'm getting excited uh, about this sermon. So I hope you guys are also be, uh, excited and have a desire to receive this message. And 90% of your spirituality is decided upon how much you're eating the Word of the Lord. For 34 years, I have been living with the Lord, and for 34 years I have been training other people. And I, I can say for a fact that this is true. That eating the Word of the Lord by faith makes up 90% of your spirituality. When you receive this message in faith, it starts to operate within you. And that person will have no problems. And so that's why this true system is so important. And that's why God calls you His new covenant people, new covenant being. The reason why it is so precious that God has made us into a new covenant being is because the Word itself is God. And that Word itself contains the, is God's characteristic. It contains God's power. It contains God's love. So when you receive the Lord's Word, you're receiving all these things as well. And Second Peter says, Sorry, I missed it. And when you say this, uh, when you tell uh, the Jews that God has given us His word, they will not be able to receive it because how can this, how can the Lord bestow His His word, which 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 is His Himself into us? This is a concept that the Jews cannot understand. If a spirit is able to eat the word of the Lord, then that spirit will, will no longer be faced with many of these issues and problems. When I first received the revelation of the Lord, it felt as if, it felt as if I was levitating off the ground. Because the message of the Lord came and, and, and churned within me. My whole being became as light as a feather. And I felt like I was levitating off the ground. So this is how powerful the, the word of the Lord is. If the true system is set up correctly within you, then you will not be made with, met with many issues in your spiritual walk with the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit walks with the Lord's truth. And that's why we call Him the, the Spirit of Truth. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the truth as well. So eat the word well tonight. And a very rich message is being proclaimed right now, so eat it up. So now let's talk about holiness again. So the closest definition of holiness is being separated. To be set aside. What does it mean to be to set apart? To be not be separated, but to be, to be set apart. The Lord's love is incomparable to anything on this earth. 
you cannot say, oh, the love that I have for my wife is similar to the love I have for God, uh, the, similar to the, God, to the love that God has for me. No, the love of the Lord is completely different from the, from the love or anything that is, exists in this universe. And that goes along with all His, his anointing, His glory, His spiritual gifts. All these things can be belong to the Lord and can only be given to us by the Lord. And through and God has given you His holiness, and through this holiness, He has also given you all of these blessings. So it is impossible for a child of God to wander around this earth being pointless, feeling, feeling pointless. Because what has been given to us from God can only be given be given to us by God. So God has given you His holiness. What happens after He has given you His holiness? You will sense a separation happening within you once you have received His holiness. Because you can no longer live whilst holding on to the things of the world. Because it no longer has any effect on you. When His authority is given to you, you no longer long for the, for the acknowledgement of people. So when holiness comes into you, the first thing that you experience is separation. So now that Israel is mixed, it means their holiness has, has been broken down. So they can no longer be, be set apart. And that's why they're mixed. We call the spirit the spirit of holiness. And, when this Holy, and so when this Holy Spirit is within you, you cannot receive the flow and the influence of, of other spirits. This is what we mean when we say we have, you have to be emptied. And I've explained before, I fasted for 21 days. When you drink water, you can sense the water trickling down your, 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 your organs and reaching the instances. The reason why you can sense that water going into your organs is because you're emptied. It's the same. In the same way, when you receive the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy God is within you, you cannot leave the other filthy things within you. This also means you are filled with the Heavenly Father. So it is impossible for you to, to, to keep these other things, things within you whilst receiving the Father. And you have to sense the Holy Spirit working within you. And this, like I said in this morning, you have to sense whether or not the Holy Spirit is, is angry, or if He is happy, if He is pleased, or if He is sad. For people who are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, even though the Holy Spirit may be within you, because you're, you're mixed with a bunch of things, you cannot, you cannot sense the truth working. You cannot sense the Holy Spirit operating within you. That's why being, uh, being emptied is so important. And, and being emptied is not your own desire, but rather it is, a des, uh, it is a desire and it is an inspiration that the Holy Spirit will give you. And if you're, if you're unable to sense the motives, the, the will of the Holy Spirit, then you're one, you're, you're either, either you have not received the Holy Spirit in the first place, or secondly, you have, you're too mixed to be able to sense what the Holy Spirit desires. So Israel right now has lost 
their holiness or the level of holiness that they're maintaining has has decreased too much for them to be able to fight off these 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 temptations but when the level of holiness is filled within you you will no longer compromise with the world because everything that God gives you is 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 set apart from the world so it is impossible for you to receive both from God and from the world but Israel was not in a state where holiness is maintained. So, uh, in verse 8, it, it, it uses the metaphor that Israel is like a flat loaf that is, that is not turned over. And when you're cooking this loaf of bread, you need to turn the bread upside down constantly so that it would cook evenly. But when you leave it unturned, then one side will be raw, whilst the other side is burnt. And this is what Israel is right now. There, they become inedible. They can no longer be offered to the Lord because they're inedible. Inedible. And this is a little... And it is, it's the same for the church as well. When you're in that state, God does not know what to do with you because one side is burnt whilst the other side is, is, is raw. So you can't eat this, you can't even throw it away. So what are you to do with this, brother? And that's why in Malachi, the Lord says, somebody, the Lord tells uh, the, uh, Israel to, to, to shut the doors of the temple because God no longer wants to receive that worship. But now we need to raise up these Jewish churches of remnant to please the Lord. And I believe that all of the churches in Zoe Ministry are doing exactly that. So they are a flat loaf not turned over. So when a church is mixed with the world, uh, there's very. We become a nuisance for, for, for the Lord. God has given me an eye to 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 examine a church, and when I go to a church, I can I can see the level of that church. If the if the church members continue to seek the world and desire for the world, then that church will, will quick, quickly lose its power and lose its holiness. And God will give them many warnings. He's going to speak to them once, twice, and three times, even four times. But, but if if the if the if the church member is unapologetic and continues to indulge themselves with the world, then you need to to cast that person out of the church because because uh, they're going to continue to pollute the church of the Lord. Verse nine: Foreigners sap his strength. So the reason why Israel is powerless right now is because they have longed for the world. And so it is the same for the church as well. When the church starts to be influenced by the world, they will quickly lose their strength and and their power. So holiness comes from the Lord, and when the Lord moves, His holiness allows us to to, to, to also manifest His power and His, and, his, and His authority. 
But because we have lost His Holiness, the Church loses the power, loses that power. So the power of the, the, the Church does not come from the power of the people. It does not come from, come from the amount of money that they have. When you have holiness, the glory of the Lord comes as well. And with that glory, we also receive His power and His authority. But when we lose that holiness, we lose that power. Do not try to think according to the standards of Babylon. Do not think, you're, think that your church is small and so it has no power. With that mindset, your, your church is going to continue to stay small. Do you think that a church who has a lot of people has more power than you? You have to believe that the power of the church is decided by its, its holiness. When Zoe ministry began, we only had seven people. And my, my spiritual instinct that has driven me up until now is I do not acknowledge my, my current situation. If I have 10 church members, I do not only work according to those 10 church, church members. According to the portion of those 10 church members, I do not decide my portion according to my situation. And never once did I acknowledge the victory of the enemy over me. I never acknowledged, oh, I cannot help but live like this because of my, my circumstances. I would, I would, I, would, I knew for a fact that I was to stample the, <coughs> the enemy because God has given me victory. And also, I have never prayed to the Lord saying, Lord, give me money. I never said, Lord, I need to, do th I need to buy this, and so give me this amount of money. I would always pray, Lord, give me as much as you want. Give me according to your scale. This, is, this should be the instincts of all of the children of, the, of, all of, the children of God. Do not decide the portion that you are to receive according to your situation, according to your circumstances. That is a false truth that you have received. Do not respond to your reality. Do not respond to your surroundings. And when your head pastor is able to move with a scale of faith, your church members will naturally follow along. If you continue to hold on to what you have, then your scale, is, your, your scale of faith is never going to expand. And that's why I say your God is too small. And He stays small. Is my English okay? Why are you, why are you shrinking the scale of the Lord? So first of all, when the, when the church is influenced by the world, it, it, it loses its power. And his hair is sprinkled with gray. And when your when your hair turns gray, it means it means it is time for you to die. But when you're influenced by the world, you don't know that you are dying. When you, I have this much this amount of money in the church. I have this amount of people in the church, and and I think I'm doing well. Don't be tricked. Don't be deceived. On the other hand, even if you don't have any church members, if the church still maintains its holiness then that church is going to stay alive and it's going to stay powerful and God is going to do wondrous things through that church. 
when I only had seven members in the church, I still cannot see that same presence and the same power of worship that we had back then in, in this current church. Back then, we have some recorded videos. We recorded some videos of the, of the worship back then. And during worship, I'll say, Be gone, demons! And, and people will start to scream. And Pastor Hajin's wife, when she receives fire, she will sweep the whole, whole uh, church, church floor with her back. So we didn't need to, we didn't, we didn't need to use brooms because all the, all the church members will, will, will sweep the floor with their bodies. People will start to, to, to scream and, 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 and frail and kick each other in the face. And everybody, uh, and every day, um, some news, news people will surface, and so we would have to cast that away. And by the end of the service, everybody will, will be unconscious. And I will have to do the benediction myself and end the service by myself. And that was the power of worship back when we only had seven people in this church. Back then, the biggest judgment that was given to the church members was if they, if they, were, if they were unholy, then I would um, suspend them from worship for a week. And for a week, they would receive these spiritual attacks from the enemy and be beyond the brink of death. And they would beg for, for, for me to... to um, uh, for them to, for me to lift off that suspension. So, back then, when people, when when a, when a newcomer will come into our our worship, they will go blind because the spirits within them will start to surface. And so during, during the sermon, somebody will start to, to shout, I cannot see, I cannot see. And I would see that something has surfaced within them, and that's why their vision was, was, was covered. And, and then I would cast away that spirit, and that person will regain their vision. And so that was how powerful the presence of the Lord was with, back then, in the beginning of, 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 of Yerbang Church. But now we have, we have expanded in number, and that's why that, that same level of, of presence and that same level of holiness is not able to be maintained in, with, with the current number of people in the church. And that is something that I'm, um, I'm still concerned about. But still, during our worship, there's a lot of uh, impartation happening and, and people being healed, pe people being delivered. But it's not as powerful as, back, uh, as before. But just know that the power of the church is not dependent upon its numbers. Verse 10, Israel's arrogance testifies against him. Because they have lost their holiness and they're offering, but they, but they still continue to offer these religious uh, worships to the Lord. And right now they were in a season of fertility. So their own strength was very, was, was very powerful and so they become arrogant. When I was preaching on Ecclesiastes, um, when I was a, an associate pastor of a big church in Korea, for 10 months the Lord uh, made me stay in that church. It was a big, a very big church. So I went there. There was a thousand teachers in that church. 
As I went there, the people would kind of, kind of check me out. And they were asked, are, 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 there's a lot of competition to come to our church. How were you able to qualify? And they're asking me, who did you rely on to come into this church? And so I said, God told me to come here. The teachers were, were extremely arrogant in that church. They did not realize that their church was dying. That they were more, because they were more focused on numbers. But in one month, the Lord uh, encapsulated all the, all the teachers. Everybody, people would tremble before me. They would shake and tremble before me. And when I blew, <laughs> blew fire upon them, they would fly away. So when a church falls into religion and the, and the church uh, enjoys its own riches, then it's going to become arrogant. And that arrogance will become their personality. But despite all this, he does not return to the Lord, his God, or search for him. So even though they're about to, to go into a time of hardship, they still do not return to the Lord. Even though these hardships are coming towards them, they're unable to pray before the Lord. They still rely on the strength of other powerful nations. They still ask for help. And this is a very fearful spiritual state. People who live according to the Lord, they're not, very, they're not interested in the help of others. They're not interested in the strength of the world. Because there's nothing stronger in this universe than God. And it's because they start to, 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 to worship strength that they fall to uh, Asherah and these other gods. They have lost all the nobility and the dignity of being a child of God. So if you have a calling, if you truly have a confirmation that, that you are a child of God, then you cannot sell this birthright with, any, uh, with anything in this world. You need to regard what God has given you as more precious than your own life. I've been pastoring for 20, 26 years, and I've been living with the Lord for, for such a time. God has shown me many different people. And as I have seen these churches, And the question is, who is going to be victorious in the church? When you look at all the pastors in the world, how can you tell who is successful and who is not? Is it, is it the person that is good at preaching? Is, the good at, is it the person who is good at gathering people? No. The only standard for, for in, the, in the eyes of God is, is that pastor able to receive this holiness and only those who are acknowledged by God will he raise up as a generational leader so, when I, was I acknowledged by the Lord I was acknowledged by God in, during the installation installation worship of my uh, of Yerbang church A lot of pastors that I knew uh, uh, funded. Uh, 
tried to donate money to fund us building this church, but I rejected all that because I knew that this is God's church and that He is going to fund it Himself. And so in six months, we were able to become financially independent. And we were able to support ourselves the money that we were, 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 were building up. And I, I come from a Methodist background. And there's a hierarchy that is, that, that is very um, strict in this Methodist scene. So when I was serving that church, <clears throat> I would be praying early morning around 6, and there were, a phone call would come. And when I pick up the phone, they're, 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 the other pastors are saying, where are you? Why aren't you coming? And I asked, where, where are you guys going? And they said, the head pastor wants to, to, to play soccer. You have to come out. And I told them, no, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. But in the Methodist scene, when the head pastor does something, all the rest of the pastors must also follow him because of this social hierarchy. But later on, when they saw what God was doing through me and the power and authority that He was manifesting through me, they no longer called me and they respected me. And even though this applies to the pastors, it also applies to the lay church members as well. Do not sell your birthright. Do not sell your dignity to the world. Let's move on to verse 11. Ephraim is like a dove. So verse 8 called Israel a, a flat loaf of bread not turned over. But verse 11 says Ephraim is like a dove. And this is calling them foolish. Secondly, uh, so first of all, when you're, when you're influenced by the world, you become arrogant. And secondly, you become ignorant, you become foolish. So when you're not resolving the issues with your spirit, you would naturally become stupid. You would naturally become foolish. Because you cannot see what is, what is happening behind the scenes. And so you, you act according to what you see and what you sense. So when you're li when, if you're living in the world, you, you, you will become stupid and foolish. But children of God are wise because they can see the spirits. They can see uh, beyond our, our, our reality and into eternity. And that's why they're easily deceived and senseless. And even though, and in the midst of hardships, they're calling to other nations such as Egypt and turning to Assyria for help. They should be calling out for the Lord, but they call, they're, they're calling the, for the help. They're calling for help from Assyria, from Egypt. They're relying on these useless nations. So look at how foolish they're acting. They're not trusting in the power of the Creator God. So when you live in the world, you're living a foolish life. You have to listen carefully here. Do not think that you're smart while living in the world. If you do not deal with the spiritual things beforehand, then you are not smart. You are not intelligent. God's people are intelligent. They are wise. Verse 12, when they go, they're, they're going to ask for help from Egypt and to Israel. I will 
they want to they want to survive this hardship through the help of these foreign nations. It says God. It says God will throw His net over them. So they went to ask help from Assyria because they thought Assyria, Assyria was strong. But then God will strengthen Egypt, and Egypt is going to threaten them. And then when Israel goes to ask for the help of Egypt, he will strengthen Assyria, so that Israel become, uh, Assyria, Assyria becomes a threat to Israel. So this is what is, uh, God is doing to Israel. He's trying to teach him to live with him. People who live with the Lord, when you fall face flat, you will break your nose. But people who are foolish and living in the world, when you fall, when you fall on your back, you will still break your nose. When I first began this ministry, God was blessing me with uh, financially through a lot of different, uh, through a lot of different channels and through a lot of different people. So, in that time, my father was becoming an elder in the church and in the midst of that process he was repenting of all of his, all of his sins and mistakes that he has committed in the past and oh, my father-in-law and when he was uh, repenting he was, he reminded of something that he did wrong before when he and so uh, he went to that person that he did the, he, 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 he did wrong and he told that person I am about to become an elder and so I want to uh, reconcile with you so would you receive this amount of money my father-in-law is a good man right but this person said that, that, all that is in the past Why? I don't want to receive this money and so he rejected them, that money and my father-in-law insisted on that person receiving this amount of money as a peace offering. And the two of them got into a debate. And in the end, they both did not want that money, and so that money came to me. And a lot, many similar things happened back then. And that is what happens when you live with the Lord. When you don't live with the Lord, even what you don't have will be taken away from you. But when you live with the Lord, the things that you don't have will come to you. When you live with the Lord, a lot of these entertaining events will happen to you. Verse 12. We just did verse 12. I will pull them down like the birds in the sky. When I hear them flocking together, I will catch them. So God is going to do exactly what He for, for what He told the people he's, He was going to do through His prophets. What is the blessing of Israel? Is their bless their blessing is that all of their regulations, all of their laws, and their rules are and constitutions are are, are created by the Lord through the message of God. So when you live with the Lord, you realize that you will realize how how freeing this is. 
Because all the rules are set by the Lord. All the rules of your lives are also set by the, by the Lord. But when you live in the world, these regulations, these rules start to become a nuisance. It becomes uncomfortable. You feel confined. So you, to, you need to evaluate, evaluate yourselves to see where you are. Living with the Lord, living according to the word of the Lord should become comfortable, should become easy. But when you're asking, who made this, who made tithes? Why do I have to give tithes for everything that I receive? Who told me to pray? If you're uncomfortable with the, with the, with the way of the Lord, with the ways of the Lord, then that means you are in, infected with religion. So now, so now Israel does not listen, does not want to listen to the voice of the Lord anymore, and that's why He is striking them. We must be able to listen to the voice of the Lord. We need to acknowledge His word. We need to receive His word. And you need to be comfortable whilst being within His word. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit is, is, is one of the definitions. But when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's, the, it's like a cup being dipped into a bucket of water. And how can you be comfortable when you're, when you're dunked into a, a, a bucket of water? It's the best way for you to... to, to, to to let your body go according to the flow of the water. It, likewise, when we're engulfed by the word of the Lord, it is best to let go of your own strength and let His word come and move you, and, and move according to the flow of the Lord. That has to become very comfortable for you. The more you live by your thoughts, the more painful and difficult your life is going to become. I'm telling you exactly and in, in, and in detail on how we should live with the Lord. When the word of the Lord becomes difficult and uncomfortable for you, then there's an issue. Now let's move on to 13, verse 13 to 16. Now, is, now is, we're going to see the judgment of God. Woe to them because they have strayed from me. John 15 also says that when you leave me, you can do nothing. So the problem with Israel is they, they continue to stray away from the Lord. So their end is decided then. So what is the, the curse that is given to Cain? It's for him to become a wanderer. And that, is, that, that would have been very painful for Cain. So when we leave the Lord, we, be, we become wanderers, and that is, tor uh, that is very tormenting. When you lose sight of the Lord, when you lose sight of His goal for you, then it, it is a great uh, uh, torment that comes upon us. And it is the same with our lives as well. When you walk upon the path that God has set for you, you walk in a straight line. It is very straight. But when you, when you walk according to your own thoughts, it's going to become a curvy path and you're going to wander around without reaching the des destination. And destruction is going to come upon, upon them because they have rebelled against the Lord. This destruction refers to the explosion of their accumulated sins. 
they have lost sight of the goal of God. The happiness of Israel comes from resolving their sins. And of course, for Israel, because they're in the Old Testament, their sins are not resolved, but delayed. And for them, delaying the judgment of their sin is the happiest thing that they can then experience. In, in Romans 6, Romans, in Romans 6, Paul talks about the freedom from sin. This is a great proclamation that Paul made. Because you have been sin has been resolved for you, nothing else in the world can become a problem for you anymore. Because sin itself has been resolved. Nothing can become a problem for you. For a person that has not been... Uh, for a person that, did not, that has not resolved sin, money can become a problem to them. But a person that has resolved sin, money no longer is an issue for them. This is reality. This is real. But even though sin has been resolved for you, why do you, why do you regard these other things as, 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 as an issue? It's because you have lost sight of the inspiration of of salvation. The reason why the Jews feel superior to the Gentiles is because they look at us as people who have not resolved the issue of sin. And so we are, we are destined to be timber uh, uh, for hell. You're destined to be kindling in hell. But since Jesus Christ has come and sacrificed himself and he has resolved this, the issue of sin for us, there's no other factor in this world or no other influence in this world that can become an issue for us. Death no longer has a sting on you. Death no longer has its hold on you. We have been liberated from the shackles of sin. And you have to believe that. When you have sin resolved, no, nothing else in the world can bring uh, pain and suffering to you. Do you believe in this? We only have a couple verses left. I long to redeem them, but they speak about me falsely. God continually tries to, to heal Israel, to restore them out of His goodness, but, the, but Israel is rejecting Him because they do not acknowledge the goodness of God. They do not acknowledge that God knows them very well. And so they continue to seek the things of the world and live in a self-centered life. They want to resolve their own issues by themselves. And they speak falsely about, about me. And when, when the Israelites were walking in the wilderness, they, they deceived me themselves thinking we had it better when we were in Egypt. We had it better when we were slaves to the Egyptians. And they say, think about the times that we enjoyed meat in Egypt. When did they enjoy meat in Egypt? They were slaves. Verse 14, they do not cry out to me from their hearts. They're not praying sincerely. When you maintain a good relationship with God, there's nothing that can create an, uh, a problem for Israel. Because God takes care of them, take cares of them and they, He resolves all issues that may arise for Israel. 
Likewise, children of the Lord, when they're living with the Lord, they would allow the Lord to, 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 to guide them in their lives. And whenever they're faced with some sort of uh, difficulty, they would just pray to God, saying, Lord, resolve this issue for me. So I've been living, for, living with the Lord for 34 years. But never once did God not resolve an issue for me. Everything was taken care of. And my wife also says the same thing. Her, her friends told her that, that, God answers all, that God answered all of her prayers. Before she married me, she wrote down all the characteristics that she was looking for in a husband. And God brought me, which fulfilled all of, all of the conditions. But, but one thing, but one condition. And, she, and that is, she wrote she wanted to meet uh, an ugly husband. But God did not fulfill her wishes. The rest were all fulfilled. And when I look back on the 34 years that I, walked, that I have walked with the Lord, never once did He reject my prayers. And soon after, Zoe Ministry is going to become an independent nation. When, I, when Zoe Ministry first began, we had seven members. That was, back then, Pastor Lee was just an associate pastor. He was not ordained yet. And I, I spoke to him about all the things that are to happen in this ministry. And when he heard the, the, my visions, He thought that I had already built a grand, grand church. But when he followed me to my church, we only had seven members in the church. And we, already, we already proclaimed this great vision when I only had seven members in the church. And soon after, Zoe ministry became uh, a network. It became a country in itself. And I'm very thankful to see five of these great pillars being raised in Malaysia, the, the, the five pastors of Malaysia. And I'm, I'm not, not talking about the numbers gathering in Malaysia. But I'm very thankful for this relationship and this network that we have created in Ma Malaysia where we can share the truth with, with, with one another. And this is how simple the life of the children of God are. If you resolve all the issues with the Lord, then He's going he's gonna to take care of the rest for you. So once you, after a certain period of time, when you look back upon the walk that you have with the Lord, you will realize that He has answered every single one of your prayers and resolved every single issue. This, because God is the God of goodness. Why would you leave Him, be, neglect Him, and, and try to resolve your own issues by yourself? So I hope and pray that you would all live a better life than me. And that later on you will look back and say, God has done everything. God has listened to all of my prayers. I'm sure this will become all of your confessions. Let's move on. But Israel did not cry out to the Lord. They slashed themselves appealing to their gods for grain and, and new wine, but they turned away from me. Why is it a good thing for them to long for grain and new wine? It's because this is a ritual they used to, to worship Asherah. So they were indulging in idolatry. 
they were holding on to, longing after the God of fertility. Verse 15, I trained them and strengthened their arms, but they plot evil, evil against me. God created, made Israel a strong nation through King Uzziah and, and Jeroboam II. But rather than using that strength for the glory of the God, for the glory of the Lord, they turned to their idols and turned against God. So, children of God, no matter what God gives them, it should not change their relationship with God. If you, if some people, if they fall when they when God gives the, gives them money, if they fall if God gives them good people, then God is going to stop blessing them. So that's why you have to continue to maintain this good relationship with the Lord. You have to continue to pray, to continue to eat the word of the Lord. Only then will God not limit His blessings for you. Lastly, verse 16. They do not turn to the Most High. God wants them to return to Him, but, he, but they, yet they do not. They turn to idols instead. They turn to other, for, uh, other powerful nations. They are like a faulty ball. A faulty ball is unable to shoot straight. It always goes off tar target. We need to face towards the Lord. But we are led astray. In Greek, the word for sin is harmartia. It means to go off track, to miss the target. So we need to check to see where, uh, where we are facing and we need to face the Lord. So now Israel is being compared to three things, an, an unturned loaf of bread, a dove, and a faulty bowl. So this is what happens when the children of God turn away from Him. They become an unturned loaf of bread, they become a foolish dove, and they become a faulty bowl. We cannot be uh, influenced by the world. Do not be tricked into thinking that the world will empower you. Do not think that the world will make you wise and intelligent. The, the children of God will become more and more foolish as, as they receive from the world. And it is a waste of time to do so. And it, it is very foolish of you to try to seek other things where you have, when you have not resolved uh, your issues with the Lord beforehand. The leaders will fall by the sword because of their insolent words. The outcome of these leaders speaking out of their own minds is, going to, is that it, it brings destruction and pain to their own lives. So people need to be careful about your words. And now they're going to be killed and be attacked by, by Egypt and Assyria, whom they seek help from. For this, they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. So the people of God are being embarrassed, being shamed by, by these foreign nations. They're being ridiculed by them. But we are not ones to be ridiculed by the world. God has given you His nobility. He has given you His dignity and His name. 
in the life of the children of God, we should all we should always be enjoying mm, the great name that God has God has given us. And no matter what situation you may face, you have to hold on to the Lord and rely on Him. So living by faith does not mean you gather a lot of money and you're rich. But rather, God guarantees you. So you're filled with confidence and boldness. You are not fearful of anything. You're not afraid of trial and error. You're not afraid of the things that are undecided. Because your life is guaranteed by God. Even though this is a path that you have not, never walked on before, God knows what is ahead of you. So you just trust Him and walk on that path with confidence. You can walk. So even if you are to walk through the valley of, of shadow and death, even if you are to walk upon the waters, God is going to let you reach your destination. When you're guaranteed by God, you're filled with His confidence because no other factors in this world can affect you and lead you astray. This is, not, this is not a destiny given to those who are special. This is given to all those who are willing to believe and receive this, this nobility. As long as you believe in the Word of God, as long as the Word of God is within you, this applies to you, so you can live with confidence. The enemy cannot do anything to you. The world cannot do anything to you. Because God is the only being that can move you. And God is the only standard that you set for yourself. He's the reason why we are to live. And He is our everything. Isn't it good? Isn't it amazing to live with our God?